0: Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. want to really break down for you today and talk about a looking ahead with this team, what, what I'm looking for, what are some things that I think you can be looking for, and just really take an analytical look moving forward. Now, I, you may remember I said to you when um, – Antonio Pierce was given the head coaching job, the interim tag, that he had a 10-week job interview. And what he had was something no other candidate had, and that was he had the chair, he had the office, he already had the job. And, And your job in that position is to make it extremely difficult for the owner to get rid of you if you want that job, and we all know that he does. And I think through two games, he has done everything right. There has been nothing, in my opinion, that Antonio Pierce could have done differently. Um, I was asked yesterday in an interview, do you think he's done enough right now to have earned the job? And I'm going to discuss that with you. Then I'm going to discuss Champ Kelly with you. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Mark Davis and then begin to look forward and, and what are some things that I think you should be looking for. Um, let's start with Champ Kelly, who it's already known and out there. When Mike Mayock uh, was relieved, I wrote that I thought Champ Kelly would have been an exceptional candidate to be the GM. And I still feel that way. I don't know what your expectations of a general manager can be. Um, there's not a huge impact he can make when you're 10 games or when he took over eight games into the year give you an example the trade deadline was over so he couldn't go make any trades and so now what he's going to be doing is looking for people off of you know maybe waiver wire or looking for people um, who aren't signed and playing for other teams that are unrestricted free agents but that's been picked over really good so he, he can do some minimal things but there are not a lot of Big things that he can do to impact. So with Champ Kelly, it's a it's a it's a feel that Mark Davis is gonna have to have about do I like the way he works through things? Do I like the way he communicates with me? Do I like the way he communicates with the coaches? Do I like the way he thinks forwardly? And and so I've, I've heard someone I was asked, I think it was yesterday, it may have been Monday, but somebody said to me, Um, what are some things that Champ Kelly can do to win the job? And I said, "I, I just don't see it that way because the position of general manager is so different and when he took over. I think that's very, very big, number one. When you look at Antonio Pierce, number two, there are lots of things that he can do, and he's done everything right. His communication with players, Um, His communication with Champ, his communication with ownership, um, the way that he's making decisions. Um, I was told that he walked into a room and after congratulating everybody, he apologized for some errors and some mistakes that he made in coaching. Um, That stuff endears you to a team. And it was, and not saying that the previous regime didn't do that. I've, I've written that they did, but it was, this is what I did. And it just stopped. And then it went back to celebrating. And then they went into, you know, film, obviously, at another time. But um, it was a very imperative point. So I, I think AP has done everything that you want. I, I love his aggression. Um, he told the team when he got the job, hey, we're in Vegas, and guess what? We're playing with house money. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Now, I've said a couple of times that I believe Mark Davis regrets letting Rich Bisaccia go. And I do believe that. Mark has not told me that. I want to make that clear. But I do believe that. Um, 100%, I believe it. And I believe that there is it would make mark happy if antonio pierce made the decision for him now again i was asked yesterday in a national interview what is pierce's number i don't think there is one i really sincerely don't i think mark davis proved by firing the last regime that he's willing to make the difficult decisions to follow his gut now a lot of people were chirping at him we know that but this was some mark davis decision let it be very clear it was his decision and ultimately they're all his decisions but i mean he made that call on his own he was resolute that they're coming back and he made that call and i think it was the right call not critical of the call but this brings us to point three, Mark Davis. All right. Does Mark singularly make the decision? Now, heretofore, under his leadership, we've not seen that's that's how Mark likes to operate. Is the decision made by him and some former players that have his ear? Is the decision made by him and Tom Brady? I think there is a lot of things that go into um, this decision process. I have said that I believe um, if Antonio Pierce gets to nine and eight, which happens to be the number I predicted at the beginning of the year, but the two are not related. I'm not saying because this is the number Hondo said, but if he gets to nine and eight, which is where I believe was the 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 level of this team. I think Mark Davis would have a very difficult time moving on from Antonio Pierce. The decision to move on from Ritz-Basaccia was, um, it sent a, um, a seismic pulse through that team. And I don't know that at the time he realized how big it was. Now, let me go back and say this. On Raider Nation Net Radio with Clay Baker at the time when he moved on, I made the, this comment, it's his team, he can do whatever he wants, but he's going to be held accountable for it. And this is his team. He doesn't need my approval. Media is the least of his concerns. If he's looking at the media, uh, if he, he if he's going to look at anybody other than himself, it should be the fans. But the media is at the bottom of the, and, and should be there. If I was the owner, the, the, my least of my concerns would be what the media thought. I wouldn't care. But I would lead from my gut. What do I think needs to be done and, and go forward? So I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying this from a, well, he better be afraid of the media, because that's stupid, and we all know that's stupid. But I said that because that's who the accountability rests on. When he let rich go, there were huge disappointments on players that felt like they had played hard and and they'd played hard for Gruden. Let's not pretend like they hadn't, but and really went above and beyond to try to hold the team together and get rich the job. I think after he made the decision and he brought in Josh, that he saw the um, atmosphere become businesslike. I think that's a very fair analysis. And so in seeing it become businesslike, and then eventually I've already discussed it. I had nauseam, so I'm not going to go back seeing the fun of football removed by the business of football, I think there was a lot of regret. Now, I'm basing that on um, things that I know. Again, he has not told me that, but things that I know and I believe that there's regret there. Now, having said that, this team gets to 9-8. and I don't think they get in the playoffs. I just don't. And when they get there uh, to nine and eight, it's over 500. That would have seen AP go from a three and five team and then finish six and three to finish nine and eight. I think it would. And let's be honest, it, you you you're, you become an interim coach, and usually when a team is is struggling and not good, and six and three, that means that he did better than the people that you were paying ten million plus a year to. I think it'd be very difficult to move on. I think he would have a lot of issues in his locker room that I don't think Mark Davis wants with players. Um. I'll, I'll, I'll say it a different way. I credit Mark Davis because he made this move after seeing the joy and everything else in his players, his players sincerely matter to him. In fact, I'm, I, I would venture to say in talking to other people, I don't know that there's an owner in the NFL that's more um, connected and more player oriented than him. Uh, in fact, I've been told by several people that the owner they cover doesn't give a flying flip about his players. Doesn't care about their opinion. Doesn't matter to them. Um, And that's been my experience in the NFL. Now I applaud Mark for that. And I just think at nine and eight, it would be, especially after moving on from rich, I think he has some guys in that locker room, a lot of them. And then there's not a lot left from rich, but there certainly are some, I, 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 and I think they're key players. I think he would be a difficult position for him. So I think nine and eight is where, um, AP needs to get. And that's personal opinion to, to guarantee that he gets the job. All right, moving on. I want to talk about this game this weekend, because I think it's extremely important, um, to look at a couple things. So I was, I did some national interviews yesterday. I did some um, Miami specific interviews yesterday. And in one of them, I said that the actually in multiple, I said the Achilles heel to the dolphins is their defense. Now that doesn't mean I think their defense is bad boy. I got inundated with dolphin fans. You don't know what you're talking about. Our defense is bad. I never said your defense was bad, but it's your Achilles heel. Meaning, if you're going to beat the Dolphins, you got to go after their defense. Now, let's talk about the defenses for a minute. The Raiders are giving up 334 yards a game, but only 20 points. The Dolphins' defense gives up, I think it's 320, 322 yards a game. It's a little bit less than the Raiders but given up 25 points a game. So when you look at this game, I, I want to talk about several things and I'm going to, then I'm going to get into really what I'm looking for. And I just got a text. I need to make sure this isn't something that I need to tell you about because I'm actually waiting on a potential text for something to share with you. Okay. So when you look at this Miami team and I'm trying to say it right Miami sorry I called it Miami for so long now I'm trying to call it Miami y'all have set me straight so I'm trying to do it. Miami um but when you look at this Miami um, team they're going to score points now I alluded to this earlier in the week when I look at games and you guys know this from the beginning from I mean, I'm covering the team for four years. There are 10 criteria that I look at for every football game, 10 criteria. And I balance them out. So do I go with Miami here? Do I go with the Raiders here? And I go right down the list, and then I make my predictions. When I look at this Miami team, seven of my 10 predictors go their way. Now, this is not related But I think if they played this game like they're going to in in the warmth, which is not a big deal for the Raiders, and the humidity may be, but when I look at this game for the Raiders, I think if they played this exact game, exact same time, exact same place, 10 times, I think Miami wins seven. Okay. Doesn't mean I don't think the Raiders can't win. It doesn't mean that of the two Chiefs games in Miami, which are the three hardest games remaining, I don't think this is the most winnable. But again, understand, I separate myself from thinking as a fan, and I'm thinking analytically. I'm I'm trying to be um, a reporter, not a fan. I don't create news; I report news. So when I say Yeah, I expect them to lose this game. I do. But it doesn't mean I'm saying there's no chance. First of all, in the NFL, there's always a chance. I don't care who you're playing, number one. And number two, I think the Raiders have an absolute puncher's chance to win this. Now, I used that term a while back, and I got several emails from people, and I assumed that they were younger, asking me, what does a puncher's chance mean? And what that means is in boxing, you can go into a boxing match, and one guy is a, a clearly superior boxer. But all of a sudden the underdog gets a punch in there and hits him in the face and knocks him out. It happens. Okay. Is it what you expect every time? No. But you have a puncher's chance. And I think the Raiders have a real puncher's chance. So let's break this game down and talk a little bit about what I'm what I think and what I see. Now, the first thing you want to look at, and I, I mentioned this a couple of days ago, but it's it's important because our channel is growing so fast. And thank you to all of you who are subscribing and following. Thank you. Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame basketball coach for the Michigan State Spartans. Over his time, he has the best um, uh, NCAA record of anybody. Now, people were trolls in the comments. Patino's better. Sheshevsky's better. I never said they weren't. I'm just telling you his resume is he's one of the best in the NCAA tournament. I And he happens to be a friend of mine, but that does not mean that I'm using him as an example. You can use Coach K. You can use Rick Patino, however you want. But the, they're all elite coaches. We'll tell you matchups is the biggest thing when you get into NCAA tournament because you never know who you're going to play. You never know, does your team match up? So I'll give you an example because it's something I used to cover. I remember Michigan state was the number one, number one seed predicted to um, go win the national title. In fact, I think it was president Obama or whoever was president at the time predicted him to win it. And it was all the, the odds. Everybody had Michigan state as the team to beat. <laughs> And then the pairings come out, and they're playing Middle Tennessee State. And I remember talking to Izzo, you know, the week of the tournament. And it was not a good game for Michigan State, matchup-wise, with Middle Tennessee State. So then they go into the game, and Middle Tennessee State, I mean, they were taking shots from three feet behind the three-point line, and everything went in. They just shot the lights out. And to their credit, they just whooped Michigan State. They just whooped them. I mean, you can't get around it. It was a terrific basketball game by Middle Tennessee State. In my opinion, one of the biggest upsets in NCAA history. Um, And it was a great win by them. Now, a couple things happened. Michigan State did not shoot the ball well. The, even though they played good defense, Middle Tennessee hit every shot. And it wasn't a good matchup. So it didn't matter, you know, if you're a two seed playing a 15. I think that's what it was. It wasn't a one and a 16, but it was a two and a 15, I think. But it was huge upset. But it was not a good matchup. And they had their puncher's chance, and they hit every shot. And credit to them. I'm not making any excuses. They whooped them that night. I was sitting courtside, and it was a whooping. My point to you is that, do I think it would be as big of an upset? No. If the Raiders beat the Dolphins? No. But that's an example of a, of, of a puncher's chance in matchups. This, I think there are teams with better records than Miami that the, that the Raiders match up better with. Meaning their strengths and the Raiders' strengths are, are similar. Not here. Miami's going to throw the ball a ton. And other than Max Crosby, the Raiders have struggled getting home. That's a big one. Okay, so if I'm Miami, I am going to um, have a running back or a fullback and a tight end. So I'm going to have Max protect where Max is maximum protection or maxes. Okay. And then I'm going to dare Tyree Wilson or Malcolm Coons or Patrick Graham to drop some blitzes. Because if you don't get pressure on Tua, you're not going to even remotely limit them. You're not going to rush three or even four and maybe four if, if, if Max is getting free, but That's a big if, if they're putting three guys on him. You got to make Tua make bad decisions. If Tua has time, the game's over. He is a tactician, and he's very good, and he's got great receivers. And Tyreek Hill, we all know what he does. He has top-end burning speed. And not just top-end burning speed, he has cutting speed. And so for the Raiders, it's going to be about pressure. Are you able to get pressure to make to make some decisions? Now, listen, we all know, we all know, Tyreek's going to get his catches and they're going to score points. So this brings us to the next one. The Raiders can't manage this game. The last two games, and, and, and I don't think you throw out any game in the National Football League. A win is a win. But the Giants are not a good team. So you can say, okay, they beat the Giants or they're supposed to, go put it over here in the shell. But that Jets defense, um, I, I don't have it right here in front of me. But JT the Brick um, texted out a really great stat of what the Jets defense has done to top quarterbacks, including Patrick Mahomes. And Aiden O'Connell outplayed every one of them. Statistically, I thought that was a really big deal. It was a great great tweet by JT, and I retweeted it. Um, You can go find it on my tweet line. But this is a game, and I've been talking to you about this for a few weeks, where they're going to have to give the football to Aiden O'Connell and say, okay, there's going to be some mistakes. We get that. You're a rook. But you're going to have to win us the football game. We're going to have to go score points. We're yes, we want to run the football. Yes, we want to eat up the clock to keep the ball out of the hands of Miami. But we 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 got you got to go score some points, and they're going to have to let the youngster grow up a little bit. Okay, now I think Aiden can do it, but. If you count the Charger game, which I understand you should because he started, but the the staff did not – Josh McDaniels didn't do anything to help Aiden. So technically, it's really his third start um, with this staff. There's going to be a growing curve. So when you throw that into the mix and you expect a rookie to make a mistakes, that adds to it. That adds to more of a puncher's chance. Again, we're talking about matchups. So do I think the Raiders can win it? Absolutely, I do. And I think they would win three out of seven of this game. But because of that, that's why I predict a Miami win. Not hating on the Raiders, not, not believing in the Raiders. I'm being analytical. And so here is what this game really comes down to, to me. Um, are the Raiders able to make Tua? To have to make quick decisions, not do what he wants, do what he has to do. There's a big difference. You know, if he's taking a four step drop and going to launch a bomb to Tyreek, but he gets to his 4 step and before he can set himself, he's getting pounded. We know that Tyreek, I mean, excuse me, we know that that Tua um, it, it can get injured. I'm not Certainly I'm not wishing that on a player, but we know that that's, He he doesn't take getting banged up well. So pressure is a big deal. But when you bring pressure and you've got some corners that are young, Nate Hobbs, Jacorian, Amik if he's back. I'll talk to you about Amik in a minute. And there. Now, go back to last year's Baltimore Raven-Miami Dolphin game. Marcus Peters got lit up. Okay, I mean, for example, he's covering Tyreek on a deep ball. Go back, find the highlights. I'm sure you can find him on YouTube or somewhere. Um, and Marcus got blown up bad last year. Okay, now he's he's the Raiders' best corner cover corner. We know he's not good in, in the rush. Um, we know he struggles a little bit when it's not his guy. But it's purely coverage, he's he is uh, their best. Jb, Corinne Bennett, is super fast. Okay, faster than Marcus. But if you if you put a rookie without some safety help with Tyreek, I don't care how good he is. Rookies make rookie mistakes. Okay, uh, Amek is probably their best all around corner. We know he's a ball hawk. We also know he doesn't have the speed of Jb. Doesn't have the coverage skills of Marcus. But he's willing to go up there. He's aggressive. He'll get the ball. He's going to give up some passes, but he's going to get some interceptions too. And then we know what Nate Hobbs is. So you got a very, very young uh, defensive backfield. Okay, we know what Marcus Epps is capable of. We know what Trayvon um, Morrig is capable of. So we know there is some, some talent there. But even if you double-team Tyreek, let's say you you put um, JB on him, who's physical, and a Marcus Epps or a Trayvon over. But that speed and cutting ability, is still going to get open if Tua has time. Now, defensively, here are the two things that I'm going to be watching for from the Raiders. Number one, remember that first 10 yards – Defenders are able to be super physical with wide receivers trying to break into their routes. Okay. That first 10 yards is everything. Now what Miami does see Miami getting there. What Miami does is they move him in motion all the time to avoid that physical contact. He's not a, listen, Tyreek does a lot well. And if you're looking for a wart, and I don't even know that you'd call it a wart, but a blemish, it would be physicality. So I think if if you're going to have JB on him because they match, because the speed is so close, Tyreek's still a little bit faster, but still close, then if when he goes in motion, JB has to go in motion, and then the first 10 yards. So the first thing I'm watching for is the first 10 yards. If you're watching Tyreek able to get away free, Not getting beat up physically. I mean, I think that first 10 yards, every play with him has got to be a heavyweight fight. Punch, push, scrap, fight, hit, bam, bang, boom, like the old Batman TV show. If they're super physical in the first 10 yards, then I think that's a good sign for the Raiders. Very good sign. Now, only a couple teams have been able to do it. I think the Raiders can. I do believe that they can do that. The second one on the Raiders' defense is going to be pressure. Even if it's not sacks, are they getting enough pressure on Tua that he's doing what he has to do, not what he wants to? Is he getting hit, even if he's not getting sacked? Is, is the physicality there? So those are the first two things I, I would. I'm looking for. Um, and I'll be talking about it all game on Twitter as I comment. So I hope that you join me there. Remember, my Twitter is at Hondo Carpenter at H O N D O C A R P E N T E R. Now let's talk about offensively. I'm, I'm I they've got to be able to run the football, which I think they can. Now again, I've said and I stand by it. The Achilles heel of the Dolphins is the defense, but it doesn't mean the defense is bad. It simply means the defense is not as good as the offense. It's their weakness, even though it's pretty good. Even though I, I think you can make an argument, it's strong. To statistically, the Raiders are better, but it doesn't mean it's, it's a bad defense. Okay, follow me for a minute they are got to take some more risks. Okay. They're going to need some big plays, some chunk plays. So I think accuracy from Aiden, making good decisions, huge. But here are the points. Remember, with defense, it's pressure on Tua, making him do what he has to do, not what he wants to do, and physicality in that first 10 yards with Tyreek. Here's what I'm looking for on offense. Number one, you got to be able to run the football. When you run the football, the clock keeps moving. Now, a lot of people don't know this because new to football, and I get the emails, so I'm, don't don't feel bad. Please don't ever feel bad sending me an email saying I'm new to football. Can you explain when you mean when you say this? I get those a lot. When you run the football, the clock keeps moving, so you eat a lot of the clock, and therefore it impacts time of possession. And If you have 60 minutes in a ball game and your team has the ball for 40 minutes, that's huge. It means it's less time that the other team has the ball. Now, Brian Kelly, who's the coach at LSU, once told me, we were sitting in his office and we were talking about time and possession. He goes, I don't really care about time and possession because we score quick. Okay, that's fair. I still think time of possession matters, even though Brian and I disagree. Doesn't mean I mean, listen, his resume is much better than mine when it comes to winning football championships. But I, I, I was, you know, more schooled by Saban and others, and I agree with them. Okay, you may score quick, but still, if I have a defense, you know, uh, that's resting, they're, they're going to be better. Okay, I, I, that's me more than Brian, but I, I still think it's important to present to you the other side of the opinion of coaches who run the quick strike. I think number one is time of possession, the Raiders' ability to run the football. I think 125, 150 yards for Josh Jacobs is is huge. 150. If Jacobs runs for 150, I think the Raiders win. Uh, I'll go. I'll say this: if Jacobs runs for 150, I think the Raiders win nine out of ten. So to me, that's huge. But when you do throw with Aiden, and that was so that's the first key, is the ability to run the football with time of possession. Second key is that Aiden has to take his shots. I would like to see him take some shots and put some points on the board. That's gonna be a big deal. So I'm gonna give you a, a second key there. I don't, I don't have a yardage number. You know it is does does he have to throw for two fifty? No, I'm not I'm not even thinking that. Here is what I'm thinking. He's got to be able to get to cause cause who cares if he has a bunch of yards and and but they're unable to run the football and they turn it over. So again, time of possession via rushing the football for Josh Jacobs. can they get Josh to one hundred and fifty yards? Second key. Is they've got to take their shots with Aiden. Now, I think Aiden is really accurate. I think he's got a great arm. But again, he's not the most mobile guy. So when he is under pressure, does he know when to tuck it and run? That's going to be, this is going to be a game where that's going to be interesting. Now, if they if if they can't get to him and he's picking them apart, he doesn't have to run. So point number two is this. Very key. Is Aiden's accuracy. Accuracy. Now, there was a, and I asked him about it. If you didn't watch the film, go back and watch the film from the post game. But I asked Aiden um, about this after the game. There was a pass, and I I said in the press conference, and I was wrong, it was the last possession of the first half, and that wasn't what it was. I don't remember what possession it was because I got so many notes. But there was a possession when he had a guy and he throws the ball into the dirt, and people were, um, on him pretty good about oh he screwed that up what a terrible no and I thought at the time that looked like to me um, he was throwing the ball away and I asked him and he said it was so that's an accurate throw to me if the Paul if the play is a is a let's say it's a three route and and he's there and he sees that his guy's covered and everybody else is covered and he throws it away and doesn't get a a penalty for pass um, and for um, um, a, a, a penalty for intentional grounding. That's accuracy. That's being smart with the football. So he throws for three touchdowns and has one interception, golden. He has one interception, but Josh Jacobs runs for three, golden. It isn't a percentage. It's a protection. And I just want to see him uh, be, be accurate with the football. And, again, accurate. And so if you throw the ball away and it's the right call, that's accurate to me. Accurate meaning correct. Maybe not accurate as far as passing percentage. That's why I'm not giving you a passing percentage for him. So, again, defense, pressure on Tua, making him make the decision he doesn't that he, that, that he has to quickly decide. Remember, in college at Alabama, very rarely he got to sit back there and do whatever he wanted. And with Miami this year, he's been able to sit back there and do whatever he wanted. The games that they've lost and they're six and three are when people made Tua make decisions he didn't want to make. Now, the Raiders can do that, but it's going to be difficult for them to do it. Coons and a Tyree. Are going to have to, one of them is going to have to step up or a combination of both. And I think Tyree is getting better. And I, I realize every time I say that, I get ripped. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. I do think he's getting better. I think if you watch the film analytically and go back, you can see things he's doing better. Someone asked me the other day, would well, name one thing that he's done to get better. Um, go back and watch how he got off the line of scrimmage in his first game and go back and watch how he's getting off the line of scrimmage now. It's not even the same player. Um, Watch his hands. Is he always good? No, but he's using his hands to shed people more. I think there's a lot of things that he is doing better, but this is going to have to be a game because they're going to triple team max. And again, on offense, I really want to see Josh get to 150 yards, but you can mitigate those numbers by more accuracy and taking more risks with um, Aiden. I think it's very important here with Aiden. He's young. And remember, rookies make rookie mistakes. And so with Aiden, when he makes a rookie mistake, the ability to just, that defense to bail him out and come back and not make the same mistake twice. He's going to make some. And that's why I think this is a game that when I projected seven of 10 times, Miami wins. I don't think that this is a game the Raiders can't win. I think they could. And I said, three out of 10, I absolutely think they would. So I'm really excited about the football game. But I yesterday, I got a lot of emails from people asking me, why are you just saying we're going to lose? What, what, one guy, what kind of fan are you? I'm not a fan. I'm trying to be analytical with you. Now, here's what happens. So last game, I started getting tweets or started seeing – emails Ah, oh, ap sucks he's got to go well they came back and won and i got a bunch about aiden's terrible so finally the last one i just retweeted it and asked you guys what you thought boy did you respond to that guy i don't think aiden's terrible i think this is a game that i expect the raiders to lose and so when you understand where i'm coming from you'll understand my coverage and, and you're going to understand what am I looking at analytically and so I think this is going to be a big test for the Raiders now let's walk through that real quick and yes I'm going to get to them let's just talk about a meek real quick um we'll get our first injury report today I am hearing that if things progress the way they are that the expectation is that a meek will play it's what I'm hearing. I am not reporting Meeks back. And anything can happen. But what I am telling you is based on what I was told uh yesterday morning and evening. If things continue to progress the way they are, I expect um uh a meek to play. Now, when I am watching this football game and, and looking at all of the analysis, this is going to be a very interesting ball game. Now, I've said the three games left on the schedule and the Raiders are five and five that I expect them to lose are both Chiefs and Miami. I think they can win all three puncher's chances. But remember, being analytical, so that puts them at five and eight. Again, I'm getting another text, but there's something that I, w- if I get this text, I want to talk to you about. So I need to make sure that this is not what it is. Something I'll be talking to you about at another time. So what I need you to hear me say is this. Then let's look at the game, the games that are left. If, if As a fan, you can say, oh, man, I, I think we're going to win all three. That's cool. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But I'm, as, an, as an analyst, I think those are three games that you lose. So that puts you at five and eight. Then we go back. I think they would have beat the Bolts at the Bolts. Had Josh McDaniels called the game like the way Bo Hart agrees. So I think they beat the Bolts. I think they go on the road and beat the Colts, who are playing better. But I think they beat the Colts. Um I think they beat the Broncos again. I do. I think that they they, they beat the Broncos. So I talked about the Bolts, the Colts, the Broncos. Let's talk about the Vikings. Josh Jobs is playing really, really well. And I think that game is one that uh the Raiders, it's at home. I think right now I've got them with the six, four or six of the ten things I look at. I've got the advantage to the Raiders. But that's a game that if they lost, um, I don't think is is a a, a stupid loss. You know, there are some losses like losing to Pittsburgh, stupid loss. Raiders should have won that game. The Bolts should have won that game. The Bears, the, the Bears is mine. I'm still in a mind freeze, a Vulcan mind freeze, or whatever that, I think it was from Star Trek about how they lost to the Bears. The Vikings game would be one that wouldn't shock you. I still expect them to win, but it wouldn't shock you. So that's why I have the Raiders, you know, sitting at a, at a, Eight, excuse me, a nine and eight record could go eight and nine. The Vikings game to me is the big kicker or nine and eight. So that's where this team is. That's the expectations. Again, I think everything that AP has done is an eight plus. I think an upset of one of these three games would be Mammoth. But I don't think he has to get an upset to get the job. I think the defense, pressure on Tua. Physicality in the first 10 yards with Tyree. And on offense, it's rushing the ball and accuracy, not talking about percentage of Aiden. But remember this, the Raiders are a very young team. And one of the things that, that, that fans have to remember, and I say it every year, is young players make young player mistakes. Okay, now let's use Nate Hobbs super quick. Everybody knows I like Nate Hobbs. Everybody knows I think Nate Hobbs is a good player. Okay, but he's injured a lot. And, and and he'll make some mistakes. So my expectations for Nate are higher than my expectations for JB, Ja'Corian Bennett. And when JB is a third-year player, I'm going to have higher expectations for him than a rookie. Okay, I expect more out of Malcolm Koontz than I do Tyree. Just where they are in their career. So I think this is analytics, uh, not analytics, but analysis. And I wanted you to understand my thinking process and where I'm going on all of this. I want to give you an update of where I think AP is, where I think Champ Kelly is, Mark Davis, and all of it. So I appreciate all of you guys. Again, thank you for subscribing, following. Appreciate all of you very, very much. And remember, please subscribe, please follow, please share. But for all of us from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network, thanks for joining us. You have a great day. We'll see you all again soon.